Welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actually participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? Today, we step into episode 6 in this series entitled When God Says No, Learning How to Suffer Well. So today we're actually going to be talking about one of the most, I would say, difficult and helpful resources, tools, ways, rhythms, whatever you want to call it, that I have found in my own personal walk with the no that I have had to experience through the health challenges that I face. So I personally find this the most exhausting thing emotionally, uh, physically even, I would say too, within how I've learned how to navigate through the suffering that I experience. And yet at the same time, it is in this practice that I have also would say has been the intersection for the transformation that I have experienced in my walk with Jesus through the suffering, meaning that it's through this pain and this practice that through uh, entering into this pathway that I also experienced almost the most transformation in my life. And yet, let me tell you, this is not an easy one to go through. So what is the practice? The practice is mourning and lamenting. What does that mean? Well, if someone passes away, there's this thing called grief. Another word for it is mourning. And that is where you go through, you don't like uh, force yourself to go through. It's just something that actually happens like psychologically, physiologically, emotionally. And essentially, there's different perspectives on what you can call it. But one of the, th- the more mainstream perspectives is called the stages of grief. Like the, there's five stages. I believe it's ang- denial, anger. Oh, goodness. I probably should have prepared this. But you can Google it. There's stages to grief, basically. And so this word mourning is one where essentially it's where you are giving yourself permission slash also having it happen to you. Um, but within this conversation, I'm, I'm talking about actually consciously stepping into this uh, space and giving yourself permission to actually mourn, that is to process, to, to feel, to, um, to think, to dwell, and to live in the basically the life that you will not have because of the no. And so for me, um, within my own journey, if, you, if you've been following along, you'll know that my no is within my health. And so for me, something that I've had to do um, is mourn, is mourn the life that I'll never have because of the limitations and because of the physical situation that I find myself in. It is incredibly difficult <laughs> to admit that that uh, is the reality. If you remember, I think it was probably the first or second episode, I used that image of a web of coping mechanisms, of behaviors, of relationships, of beliefs, all these things, and how there was these webs in my life that I never really dealt with the source. I never really dealt with the spider. This practice that I'm talking about is really one of acknowledging that the spider is there. It's one that's saying, I see it, 
I acknowledge it, and I'm going to bring it to Jesus. You see, this is not mourning in your own psyche. This is actually bringing these things to the Father, right? If we're now talking about needing an encounter, creating space, we've talked about what that can look like. One of the first things I said was about a safe person or a safe people. The reality is there's there's only one true safe person in this world, and that is the Father of all things. And so what we need to do or what we can do, what we have the opportunity to do, it's not easy, is to bring these things to Jesus. What does that actually look like? It looks like creating space, creating time. Literally, I do this. This is not like something I read somewhere. This is actually something I practice very regularly. And that is creating space and time to give yourself before the Father. So you literally invite the Holy Spirit into the room. You invite the Holy Spirit and you, you know, you do whatever you need to do to connect to Jesus. Maybe you have some spiritual instrumental music on, whatever it is. It's not some seance. It's not some weird thing. Okay, don't hear me wrong on that. Don't, please don't quote me on that. Um, but essentially what you're doing is you're creating a space and an area in your heart, really, to actually Give yourself over to the emotions, to the thoughts, to the fears, to the, to the process of what it is that you're missing out on or what it is that you're struggling with within the pain and the suffering that you're going through. Because really, why, why is this important? It's important because what you're actually doing is you're mourning a life that you'll never have. That sounds so blunt, but it's true. That's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing when I do this. I'm mourning a life that I'll never have. But because I'm a follower of Jesus, there's something else that I'm doing in this process, and that is this. You see, I am mourning because the Father is giving us permission to mourn because the Father did not design you and I to go through the pain that we are going through. He didn't design this for us. Read Genesis 1 and 2. What did he design? Read Revelations 21 to 23, I think. 22 maybe. Where are we going? You see, your and I's experience of suffering, of pain, was not meant for you and I to be experiencing. It just wasn't. And so what does that mean? It means that this is evil, fundamentally, what you and I are going through. Does that mean God's evil? No, no, no. Don't hear me wrong. But it does mean what I'm going through was not in his original design. There's no way around it, theologically, biblically. And yet I'm not healed, right? And so that's part of this process. And so what God is actually saying is when we admit this and we acknowledge this, we're actually mourning and he invites us to mourn with him the life that we don't have. This is crazy. I know it doesn't, I'm sorry, crazy is the wrong word. This is just, it's hard to wrap our heads around sometimes. And I, and I understand it. it's hard for me to wrap my head around it too. Because ultimately what I would say is this, the incarnation, Jesus becoming fully, who's fully God, fully man, coming into existence, choosing the cross. The cross ultimately points to Jesus's opinion, to the Father's, what did Jesus say? If you want to know who the Father is, look at me. And what I'm doing can only be done through the Holy Spirit, right? That's why you and I need the Holy Spirit to get through any of this, in case that's not clear by now. 
But what I'm saying is this. Jesus said, you want to know the Father, look at me. And then Jesus went to the cross. And what does John 3.16 say? I'm sure everyone who's a Christian could quote it. For God so what? Loved the world that he what? Gave his one and only son, right? That's you. He loved you. He loves me. So if you want to know God's opinion on the pain and the suffering that you're going to, look no farther than the cross. Ironically, when you look at the cross, we also see another picture. We see this picture that there's something that happens when we embrace suffering, when we embrace the pain that we're going through, but then we also recognize the heavenly opinion on the pain. Now, of course, there's other interpretations of the cross. If you're like, yeah, what did I say? This is an aspect of this. There's way more to do with the cross than just what I'm saying, just specifically in this conversation. I just don't want to be misquoted on this. So what I'm saying is within the realm of suffering, the cross is literally the intersection between God's opinion on the pain that we're going through and the acknowledgement of the pain that we're going through. So when we mourn, we are mourning through the process of dealing with the death that you and I are experiencing in the sickness, in the X, Y, and Z, whatever it is for you. And so there's, I think that's an important truth to realize that when we mourn, we need to be mourning this thing because in this thing, if we're not mourning it, we're not being honest with the situation that's in front of us. You know, I think if you've been watching and listening or however you're doing this thing with this series, you'll know I continue to talk about this, like I make this, whatever you want to call it, about like I'm not a fan of necessarily like putting a verse within suffering stuff on a mug or tweeting it or whatever. And I think because some of that is just normalizing and minimizing the actual evil that has occurred. Jesus takes this evil seriously. He went to the cross. He went to the cross to deal with this. He went to the cross to deal with this. He does not take this lightly. He does not take the pain and the suffering that you and I are going through lightly. And so if we're not going to mourn this, then we are actually limiting ourselves. And really fundamentally what we're doing is we're not trusting that Jesus didn't want this for us. I know it's weird because you're like, well, Josiah, if he wants it for us, why do we have it? We're going to get there. But what I can tell you right now, read Genesis 1 and 2, read Revelations 21 and 22. This is not the end of your story. This isn't the end of your story. This isn't the end of my story. Is it a part of it? Absolutely. Does it suck? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that this has to define everything that you are or everything that you will be, right? What does Revelation say? The one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. Why is he still coming? Because there's more work to be done. There is more reconciliation and restoration to be done. Praise the Lord. There is a resurrection. But know what's cool? At the end of Revelation, it says the one who was and the one who is. Because there is a day that is coming where there is no more is to come. Because it'll be fully finished. So in these last couple minutes that I have with you, I want to be very practical in what I'm talking about here. Something that I do personally is I will set aside time 
throughout my year, whether there's something that triggers within my health and when I'm finally like back to normal or whatever, what I will do is literally I will set out a time to literally spend a couple of hours with my journal or in my car or in a place that I feel safe in. And essentially I will just sit and give myself permission and invite Jesus into a conversation about the pain that I'm feeling, the emotions that I'm feeling, the questions that I'm feeling, the doubt that I'm feeling, the anger that I'm feeling, the denial that I'm feeling, like literally all of it, I bring it to him and I say, this is where I'm at. Fully honest, completely honest. Now let me be just pastoral for a second here and say, set a specific amount of time. If you are fortunate to have a safe person, let them know that you're doing this because you don't want to necessarily do this alone. You don't want to open up too much of Pandora's box and not be able to put it all back together. So be mindful of how you're doing this. I really would give you, would say it's helpful. What I do is I set a specific amount of time. My safe people know what I'm doing and then I'm able to process it after in case there's some wacky stuff going on, right? Like we need each other to discern what is the father's voice and what is our own, right? And so please hear me in that. But what I am saying is practically, this is something that I have found Again, extremely exhausting, but unbelievably transformational. And it's essentially giving myself permission to fully feel, to fully process, to fully experience everything that comes to mind, everything that I'm feeling, all those things into the table and bringing it before the Father. And the key is this, that I'm bringing it to Him. I'm not just writing this in a journal by myself to just process on my own, to try to figure out a way to get through this. No, I'm bringing it to Him. And what I try to do is at the end is I try to say, I surrender and I trust you. Trust is not about understanding why something is happening. Trust is understanding who the person is that you're talking to. So I'm saying I trust that you're good even though it doesn't look like it, so to speak. So you get what I mean with that, I think. So this is something I would encourage you to do if you have not already done. I would also say this, this is something that I have done and continue to do. This is not something that has gone away for me. In fact, when I said to you in the first couple episodes, I said, if anything, I find uh, dealing with my struggles more difficult than less difficult. It's because of this practice. But it's this practice that has allowed me to live whole, free, have peace, joy, and life. Do I do this perfectly? Absolutely not. Do I make mistakes? Do I go back into old habits? Do I sometimes get myself caught in the web, so to speak? Absolutely. I am not here to tell you I'm perfect. I am not. Okay, this is difficult. This is hard. But this is a tool that I've used and others have used. It's extremely helpful. And I hope you'll be able to practice this sometime this week. So thank you for listening and I hope that something in this uh, talk today would be helpful for you in your own journey and your own process. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope this has been encouraging for you and I hope that there's something in this that would be practical for you to take steps in processing the pain and the suffering that you are going through or experiencing. 